I dug really deep then and I and I began to realize why don't why can't we get ourselves to take action? Why don't we believe in ourselves? What's going on? And it dawned on me that it largely has to do with how we communicate to the world. The Doberman Dan Show. The Doberman Dan Show. For renegade entrepreneurs. Get ready for the uncensored, nothing held back, no BS reality of how business and life really work. Leave the sheeple to their lives of quiet desperation and get ready to experience an, an exhilarating, exhilarating life of, of unbridled freedom. freedom. Now prepare yourself because Doberman Dan's off the leash. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Doberman Dan Show for renegade entrepreneurs. I've got something really special for you today. I have been trying to track down this gentleman for months and months and months. He's, he's been so busy, but he's been gracious enough to give us some of his time. And I want to introduce to you uh, a Kenrick Cleveland. How you doing, Kenrick? I'm doing great, Dan. How about you? I'm doing wonderful. And th again, thanks for agreeing to do this. My, my, no. my listeners are going to love it. No worries, man. We, we share a... Uh, somebody in common um, that, that trained you in writing. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, um, man, I'm, I, I couldn't be happier to talk with you today. Well, I feel the same way. And, you know, we were talking before, before our schedule call, and um, I'm fascinated by what you do. In fact, I made the comment to you and your marketing director, if I could do it all over again... Um, you know, go back to my beginning mail order days. Hey, by the way, let me let me just interrupt you. I, 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 I want to give him all the credit that he is due. He is my full on partner, not just my marketing. He does handle the marketing, but he is my partner and and a wonderful guy. So I, I want to make sure he gets all, all, all a ton of credit here. He he is a great guy. I'm glad. You, yeah, thanks for thanks for correcting that. He is a great guy. He he does deserve a lot of credit. Very sharp thinker. I like his mind. Really is. He really is. Um, Go ahead. Sorry. I, I told him, and, and like I told you before we started our interview, if I could go back and redo it, I would study like a main, I would study what you teach, you know, like a 15 year old kid studies the first time he's ever seen a Playboy magazine. Like you can't pry <laughs> it from his hands. That's, I would study what you teach before. I jumped into copywriting and, I, and I think that's probably a good transition to let you t t tell about yourself and what you do. Cause you'll do a way better job of articulating it than I do. Sure. Happy to, uh, <laughs> I love the analogy. I, I think that's <laughs> just great. Um, it, well, I, so I teach persuasion skills. I teach how to get a yes. And, um, that's, uh, you know, it's been a, an absolute lifelong pursuit for me, much like a 15-year-old boy with his first playboy. <laughs> um, you know, I, I found out about this when I had just turned uh, 18 years of age and uh, some almost 40 years, I guess, ago. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, um, well, no, a little less, but I'll... 38, 39, I don't know. Yeah, you know what? I lie about my age all the time. There's no law that requires you to tell how old you are. So 
you could just tell people you've been studying it since you're 18. So you've been studying it three years now. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Actually, I don't mind being my age. I like my age. Um, but uh, anyway, it just, uh, you know, it, it, but I've been doing it forever. I got lucky. Um, I, uh, uh, you know, I, I heard about this thing called neuro-linguistic programming. Um, it was at a seminar uh, where I couldn't afford it. I mean, I couldn't afford to pay my rent. But, it, you know, they, they kept talking about how these people analyze language. And I thought, you know, I was a hypnotist. I had been trained uh, as a hypnotist, a hypnotherapist, uh, 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 you know, the whole, all of the traditional stuff. And I thought, you know, I, I, what's the point of studying language like this? I don't get it, you know. And uh, but a guy convinced me that, you know, I needed to be in the seminar and that right now is the time because Richard Bandler was going to give anything I wanted. If I, you know, to everybody that goes, you tell him what you want and he'll make sure you get it. So me being a smart ass, I said, OK, well, I want to I want to be a trainer. Then I figured out that there was such a thing called a trainer. I said, well, make me a trainer. Uh, and so, uh, you know, he's well, you just tell him. You know, so at the start of the event, I, I did. I went up to him and I said, I understand you can give me anything I want. He goes, that's right. And <laughs> I said, okay, I want to be a trainer. <laughs> what was his reaction? Oh, my God. He, he said to me, well, he said, uh, all right, so let me ask you something. Do you want me to just make you a trainer, like wave a magic wand and now you're a trainer? I, you know, I give you the title, but you don't know what you're doing or saying, so you're going to look stupid? I said, well, <laughs> well no. And he goes, so you telling me you want to be a trainer and you want to be really, really good at it. You want to be respected. You want to be the highest there is for the right reasons. I said, well, yeah. He said, well, I can absolutely do that. <laughs> wow. I said, okay. That uh, was my first uh, brush with reframing. Um, what a great I way to answer that. Yeah. Uh, I was, uh, you know, so I, I got to tell you the story real quick. So I, I so I'm, uh, you know, I, I sit down and, uh, you know, all the people in the seminars, a bunch of them, and he starts in and this guy's all over the place. I mean, back then, you know, this weren't his best days and um, he was imbibing in his favorite substances <laughs> and uh, you know, a little white misting around the room, I think. Anyway, you know, he, you know, he was going a mile a minute and he was, you know, he was talking about this and that and all these things. And, you know, and I'm sitting here just shaking my head going, I don't get any of this, man. I don't even understand what planet this guy's from. So he said, well, anybody have any questions? And I raised my hand and I said, yeah, I do. And, uh, and he said, he turned to me, he said, Look at your hand. Notice the colors. And as it begins to move down with true unconscious movement. And that's all I remember, Dan. Wow. That was it. It was over. And when, when next I knew, I, I, I opened my eyes and there was nobody in the room. Holy smokes. And I was like, well, wait just a bloody minute here. I'm a hypnotist and that can't be hypnosis. He, I, he can't have disappeared everybody like a negative hallucination. They're actually sitting here and I just can't see them. That can't be. So I got up and I ran, I walked forward into a chair and the chair fell down. I didn't hear anybody scream. And I went, well, you know what? They, they, I guess there's nobody here. How could that be? One minute the room's full. Where'd everybody go? So I, 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 I look all around. There's nobody. It's like, it's like just gone from this, Holy from this smokes. building. So I go floor to floor looking. And finally I walk in a floor, a few floors down and there's the cafeteria, and there everybody is. Now, I mean, I asked my question earlier in the morning. 
Wow. And everyone turns to, when they watch, when they saw me walk in and he looks at me and he says, careful what you are going to ask me. He said, <laughs> but you decided to join us, did you? And I said, what happened? He said, you told me you wanted to be a trainer. Wow. Well, guess what? <laughs> I told him, I said, be careful what you, what you did. I said, now you're going to teach me. He says, yeah, it's $10,000. I said, I don't have it. You're still going to teach me. <laughs> anyway. And for people who don't know, I mean, you like, this is like, you learned from the source, man. You, you didn't learn from a guy who learned from a guy who learned from the guy who learned from the guy. You, this was the source. Um, and there's three sources. And, and Well, there's more. Here, I'll tell you. The NLP came as a result of modeling some of the top therapists uh, of the 70s, basically, uh, and before. But in, particularly, in particular, Milton Erickson, the greatest living psychiatrist and hypnotherapist in the world. Um, and, and he's not living and he's still the greatest. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and, but the people that, that did this was Richard Bandler, his wife, Leslie and, and John Grinder, Dr. John Grinder. And I studied with all three of them. Wow. Uh, I became a trainer with Richard. I went through practitioner training with John and master programmer training with, with, uh, Leslie. And, uh, and so, and in addition, uh, I studied extensively with Milton Erickson's daughter. I missed being able to study with him. He passed away before I, he passed away when I was about 19 and, and he wouldn't teach anybody unless they were a PhD or medical doctor anyway, or psychiatrist. But I was convinced I was going to be able to persuade him to teach me. <laughs> <laughs> you, you may have been. You... I might, I might not have too. <laughs> But, but uh, you but trained yeah, that, with his daughter. That's pretty cool. Yeah, very extensively. They're very wonderful, wonderful. I think of her like a mother. She's just one of the nicest people you, a person could know. You know, so, that, yeah, that I the, did not know. Erickson, I mean, I've not read any of anything published by him. I, I know of him. I, I mean, I knew, um, you know, of his, his, his background in psychology, but I had no idea that he he was connected with NLP. I, I thought like Bandler was the first guy who really brought that out to the forefront. Well, Erickson was only connected in that he was one of the primary models that they modeled. Oh, I see. Okay. So it was because of, of modeling him that NLP is what it is. I never knew that. That's yeah. wow. Yeah. He's the primary one, the one with the greatest amount of, of influence over it. Now, uh, Virginia Satir had an influence, uh, Fritz Perls. I mean, there was a number of them, right? But, but that was, that's the one that, that is, you know, they, 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 that's the, that's the granddaddy of it. That's, that's, in my opinion, that's the source of power of it. So when, after that first seminar, I'm, I'm assuming that, I mean, here, here you are, however many years later you said it is, and, and you're still uh, like, you know, you you still have the childlike wonder uh, of studying this stuff. That's talk about a life changing event. You know, um, I, I, I always, um, you, you know, my life started out as a salesperson um, and I still consider myself a salesperson. You know, I just wanted to be the best I could be. And uh, my mother was phenomenal, uh, phenomenal speaker, phenomenal salesperson. And um, 
I, you know, I just had so much respect for, for people that, that sold and I was able to do it on, on my terms, which I really liked. I've been a, you know, relatively rebellious since I can remember. Uh, And, you know, so I was able to do it on my terms and I realized that, you know, it met my criteria for something I want to spend my time with. You know, the more I put into it, the more I'd get back out of it. Um, You know, it very much reminds me of the story of the, of the uh, minister who's invited to speak at a different church and uh, so on that day, he takes his son with him, and they go to the to the other church, and and the and the you know the minister of the church comes and says, "Hey, I'm so glad you made it, and you know, go ahead and and you know." Well, as the as this pastor walked in the door with his son, he saw an offering box. He takes five bucks out and puts it in the box, and and uh, he has a you know wonderful few minutes with the pastor of the church, and then they they turn over the service to him, and he speaks. When they're done. The pastor says, uh, you know, of the church, he says, listen, you know, we're a real humble community. We don't really have much money and our church doesn't have much money. And all I can offer you is the the amount, you know, that, that people gave in offerings today. They walked together to the box and they opened it up and there was the $5 bill that the man had put in. Hmm. And he accepted it gratefully and, and they, they left. And on the way home, he could, his son was thinking. Finally, he says, you know, dad, it's kind of a shame had you put more money into that box, you would have got more money out of it. Hmm. And uh, I think that's uh, that's very much uh, what I find here. The more I put in to the field of selling, to the field of getting a yes, and to persuasion in general, the more I get out of it. So it's held my attention all these years. In fact, it's the only thing that's held my attention all these years, really. Um, and it, it, it continues to inspire me. The more I learn, the more I realize I have yet to learn. And, uh, and that's, that can be true in, in most fields. But for me, if I, uh, you know, when I get bored, Dan, I just, qu- I just go away. Mm-hmm. So I, I, you know, I don't want to be bored and this thing, I just keep learning and I just keep learning. And I, you know, it's, it's amazing like that. So yeah, what, ha- what happened though is as it relates to, to NLP, I did the largest, um, business related training ever. Uh, we took, a uh, savings and loan uh, back ar- around the time of the savings and loan crisis in the United States and uh, help them convert to a bank, which was relatively uh, unheard of, not done very often. Um, and uh, in that process, uh, I had created the training, hired the trainers and, and, uh, you know, and, and delivered the training to all of the bank, all the way up to the level of the vice president. Uh, everybody went through this over the period of a year, and the bank credited us with having increased their net deposits by one billion dollars, which was a very considerable amount of money for a very small institution like that to do. And uh, so I took the basis of that training that I'd created, and uh, and and then came out with um, business practitioner and business master practitioner of NLP. I did that for a while, and I realized I was kind of creating on the same level. And I begin to ask myself why I'm really doing that because I, uh, you, know, you know, so many people that are involved with that, they, they sound so funny and they talk so weird. And, and I just didn't really want to be involved like that. I wanted to just pioneer on my own. So I walked away from all of that and I've been doing my own thing ever since. <laughs> wow. Interesting. And the reason I, the reason I say, well, I, you know, I've been on a little journey here the past couple of years and and one of the things that was quite humbling 
was, you know, I spent all this time learning to craft a sales message in print. And I got invited to speak in an event. And I thought, well, you know, I'll nail this because I can write good copy, you know. And it's like, I didn't script it out word for word, but basically scripted out a presentation. And once I got up there, I was like, I, it just sucked, man. Everything went to hell. And, you know, I was umming and eyeing and stuttering. And I, you know, I thought, this sucks. I, I got to learn <laughs> how to do this. I, you know, here I thought, because I could write copy, you know, and alone seated in front of my computer, I could just, you know, translate that in person. Then, then also, like, closing deals over the phone. I mean, let's be honest, after a certain price point, it's really hard to sell things in print. You've got to have the personal contact on getting the, get on the phone with people. Extremely uncomfortable with doing that. And that's actually when I, you know, started seeking you out. Um, I, if I, if I would have done it vice versa, learned persuasion skills like you teach, and then started writing copy, I would have been so far ahead of the game, uh, it wouldn't even be funny. Well, I, I agree. I agree with you on that. You know, I, I, here's the way I, I like to think about it. Um, when I when I was young and and trying to figure out selling, you know, I, I went to the Dale Carnegie uh, class. You know, I took that course. I took the Dale Carnegie sales training course, uh, you know, and, and as, as I would take these different courses, I would have a feeling that, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in the middle of a bunch of smoke. Mm -hmm. Now, what that means is there's fire somewhere. I mean, there's got to, at least there's got to be a little bit, you know, if it's producing all this smoke, but I couldn't find the bloody fire. Where's the fire? What is the core? What really works? And I sought that. I sought that out, Dan. That's that's been my passion. What is it? Not not a attention, interest, conviction, desire, close thing, because we're not all wired that way exactly. Mm -hmm. So what what it what, you know? How do I frame it? Think about it, and and have the flexibility with whatever it is to be able to get this into the minds of those I'm speaking with, such that they'll do what I want them to do. Where does that exist? How does that exist? How do I have to think to make that happen? And that's been my pursuit. So, you know, I mean, uh, <laughs> I, I agree with you. You know, if you knew that, then you can apply it in writing and you can apply it in speaking. You can apply it from the stage. You can apply it, uh, you know, one-on-one, one-on-two, -on -one, one-on-many. You can do it any way you want. Um, you know, and, and that said, Dan, one of the things I believe is that, you know, like the mind is one of the last great frontiers. You know, yeah, there's a lot known about how to control it, but there's a lot more that can be mined mm -hmm. <laughs> that we can extract in terms of how to do this even better. And, uh, and so, you know, I, I like that. I like dealing in something that's not a hundred percent known and, and that I can constantly get better at. Yeah. And uh, so that's, that's driven me uh, to this day. It drives me. That's cool. You know, um, I think a lot of people, I don't think I know who knows why probably cause we all 
had screwed up upbringings. Uh, well, I can tell you this problem is rampant among copywriters. Just asking for money, people have all kinds of issues with that. And uh, and they do in, in all areas of life. It's not unique to copywriters. I mean, uh, you know, look at the guy that's been working for a company for years for the same salary. And, and you tell him, well, why aren't you asking for a raise? And he's like, oh, well, uh, 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 you know, uh, you know, I mean, it's in every area of life. Hey, I'll, I'll share something with you and with everybody listening. You know, one interesting way to frame this and look at this is in terms of, you know, let's 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 call it let's call it, let me give you a story, the true story. There was a man that owned a, a medical supply company, and you know he started the company. He personally got it going. He did the opened the accounts. He did everything, and you know the company was became very successful, grew very large. And during this time, he was raising his family, and he had a son, and the son graduated university finally. And, you know, the, the deal was he always wanted his son to work with him, and the son always wanted to do it as well. So the day came, and the dad says, look, let's start our plan. You know, you've now graduated. You know, I made it in selling. I want you to make it in selling too. That is the core of this business, and if you can't do that, nobody will ever respect you as the leader of this company, which one day you'll be. Son said, okay. So he said, to start with, I'm going to give you a very difficult territory, the worst. Because if you can make it there, then I can have, you know, the the credibility as well to say, look, now you deserve to get the best. So he put his son in the worst possible area and the son started selling. So, you know, the kid needed a couple of thousand dollars a month back then. And as he started off, he quickly got to the point of earning a couple of thousand dollars a month. And everyone was blown away. Oh my God, this guy is just like his dad. He can really sell. You know, this, you know, no one's ever really been able to do that here. Mm -hmm. And so the dad said, all right, that's enough. You know, you've proven that you can do this. Now let's put you, we have an opening in one of the best areas. I would have rather waited a little bit longer, but the opening is there. You've proven yourself. I'm going to put you in the big area, you know, the area where you can do really well. Kid said, okay. So guess how much money he earned in that area? Uh, was it the same amount? I'm just guessing here. Was it the same yeah. amount he learned, earned in the bad area? Yep, very close. Slightly more, a few hundred dollars more, but basically 2000 2500 bucks a month. Huh. And everyone was like blown away. Could he should, he should have been able to triple or quadruple that in that area. But see, the kid had a set point. He had an amount that he needed, that he wanted, that he believed he was worth. And when he reached it, it all stopped. That's that he had accomplished his objective. He needed 2000, he was earning 23, 2500. Oh my god, he had a windfall in his mind and there was no need to do anymore. He was being successful in his opinion for himself, he was being successful. Then we all have these set points. And here's how you know that it's true. And everybody listening can do this right along with me, and they'll know that it's true. How much money do you earn right now? now? You don't have to answer out loud, Dan. Just think about it. How much money are you earning right now? How much will you earn this year? And then how much were you earning last year? And how about the year before? And how about the year before? 
Put actual numbers to it right now, just a, a ballpark number, but put it there. And the odds are, Dan, it's about the same amount. May fluctuate 10, 20%, but it's probably about the same amount. Mm -hmm. Now, take it a step further. That holds true for your debt, too. How much debt do you have? And the odds are it's about the same amount, give or take some, but it'll fluctuate into that same rough amount. And by the way, the same holds true for your savings and or investments. How much savings or investments do you have now, a year ago and a year before that, maybe even a year before that? Maybe it's growing if you're managing them well, but they're probably within 10 or 20%. Now, that's true if you're over probably about, uh, you know, 25 years of age, mm -hmm. okay? So you get into this amount that you need, you get comfortable with that, and if the, the sh shit hit the fan and you lost everything, in a short period of time, you'd be back to that level because that's what you believe you're worth. Well, what would happen if you believed you were worth more? All of a sudden, you'll find a way to get it. It's amazing. And you can start that by analyzing these set points briefly, like we've just done, and then start to improve them, start to increase them, you know, start to deal with those issues. You know, uh, you know, for someone to pay off a credit card, you know, that can feel like a big weight in their pocket. Oh, my God, I've got, you know, $5,000 credit available. I could be buying something with it. You know, it's hard to kind of shift your attitude to, no, I don't use credit. I pay for everything every month. I don't have consumer debt. Okay, I might owe something on my house, but I'm going to try to get that paid off too. Mm -hmm. You know, and all of a sudden you slowly but surely start, and I have a whole process on that. I call it my millionaire mind program. And, you know, that, that whole process helps us to blow past these set points. And that's, I think, uh, you know, a, a critical thing. So, you know, Dan, I think the thing you're bringing up is critical. And it is, you know, how to get a yes from ourselves is even more important than how to get yeses from others. You know, if, if you know, what we have within us is what we have, what we see in our world around us. And if you don't like what you see, if you're not in a nice enough house, if you don't have the reality around you that you want, it's, it has to start with a change inside. Uh, you know, the ancients would say, as within, so without, as above, so below. And you can change either side of it. But if you change it within yourself first, what is reflected in your external world will change. I, I'm living proof of it, Dan. I know you are too. Um, and, you know, we all are. In fact, that's what's so cool about this. Every one of us, your reality that you see when you look out there into your reality mirrors what you think you should have. An easy way to talk about it is a set point. So you're absolutely right. If, if you know, it is a difficult thing for people to do, to ask for more money, uh, to get above a certain point. But if you absolutely believe you're worth it, then you will find the people that will pay it. Now, you might need to get, you might want to get creative with it. You know, maybe it ends up being a percentage as well and all kinds of interesting things. You know, but you can still get it. You know, I've never this here. I just had an epiphany. I've never heard anybody articulate. It's 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 really important to get a yes from yourself. Right. You know, everybody thinks of persuasion. They think of getting yeses from others, but that that was just uh, you know like 
if you were here, you would see the little light bulb uh, <laughs> turning on uh, on top of my head. This is the stuff. This is the stuff that you know. I've been, like I said, I've been writing copy and and been in direct marketing and online marketing for. I'm coming up on 20 years, and uh, unfortunately, I came to this information a bit late in life. Um, but this is the stuff that fascinates me. Now, everybody, a lot of the a lot of the people always want techniques and tactics. Just tell me what I need to do to make money. And I had all the techniques and tactics right for years, and still couldn't break past a certain income, which wasn't very high. I mean, even compared to my police department income, it was was pretty much darn near the same. See, that's the set point. You equaled that set point. You equaled what you believed you were worth. And that you will see replicated out in humanity, person after person, right across the board. There will be basically no exceptions to that. You can see someone that it ends one area of work because, I don't know, it goes away or whatever, and they jump right into somewhere else, and they go back and they create the same basic income. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. When when you start looking at this, You, I believe me, the light bulb comes on for me too, and it does pretty much every day. I never cease to be amazed when I see this. You know, I remember, now see, what I thought back then, I thought it was an income problem. Now, I was working a lot and doing everything right, trying a lot of things that didn't work out, but yet that's part of our business, you know? Of course, yeah. Um, anyway, when I, was, when I was working with Gary Halbert, see, again, I had the mindset that the, my problem was an income thing because my income was low. Right. But here, Halbert had personally made, with just that very first mail order business of his that hit, the, the coat of the family crest, the coat of arms right. business. He personally made tens of millions of dollars, had nothing to show for it. Now, th- that didn't make sense at all. It wouldn't fit inside my brain. And so I, ha- I asked him, how in the hell could you piss away an amount of money that you could have retired? You're, that you and, and two generations after you never had to work the rest of your life. Back in the late 60s, man, how is it you're broke now? And he said, because he, me and him grew up in the same little town, Barberton, Ohio, which, you know, nice place to grow up, but a you know, lower middle class, blue collar mindset for the most part in, in most industrial kind of community. He said, listen, it's not the amount of money. Uh, it doesn't matter. I, I could have made a billion dollars. When you've been told your entire life you're just, you know, lower middle class, barbed in Ohio white trash, you do either consciously or subconsciously, you do whatever it takes to get back into your comfort zone. So if $10 million pops into your account, it will be pissed away as quickly as possible to get you back to your comfort zone. I thought he was insane. I thought there's no way somebody can make that much money and still be broke. I, it wasn't too long after that that I started making what for me was a, a shitload of money. Guess what happened to it, Kenrick? <laughs> I, I, I bet I could tell you with pretty much near certainty <laughs> you lost it. 
if I could even, man, if I could just point to something I had as a result of it, you know, like I got this cool car that's paid for, or I got this badass handmade guitar that's paid for, at least I would maybe get a little bit of comfort. I can't even tell you where it went. But you know what? What you did get out of that is an experience that has probably affected you quite dramatically and helped you to learn. I, I'll tell you something. I'll share with you. I, I believe that we are here to create. I believe that is the foundational function of human beings. So are we throwing that away? Are we trying not to lose would be another way to say it. Are you living your life so that you don't lose? Or are you living your life to win? Are you creating what you want? Or are you, you know, pissing it away? And, uh, you know, I mean... there are some distinctions internally like we're talking about that are the difference that makes the difference. Mm -hmm. I've, I've made it and lost it, uh, several times. Um, but what I have always made is greater and better distinctions. I've, I've experienced a learning and learnings that have forever will forever stay with me. And okay, I mean, you know, it's, I wished I had the wisdom I have today when I was 18. <laughs> I, I, I would oh, have yeah. ruled the world that I started out trying to do in the first place. I would have done it. <laughs> Can you imagine? But, <laughs> but I'm happy now to rule more of my own world. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I think that uh, that's pretty good for me. And I, th- I think most people would, would like to be able to do that for themselves, you know. Uh, I think some of the things we're talking about are, are some of the differences that really make the difference. Strategies, techniques, and everything, yeah, absolutely. And there's a bunch of them just to do what we're talking about here. You can you can organize this into a series of steps and and do it. But you know, by the same token, you know, it's this understanding that I think sets this apart. Um, you know, and if if you can't get it through your head, you know why you have what you have then you won't get it through your head how to change it to get more of what you want. Yeah, that's, wow, that's good. That's a great way to, to articulate that. That makes sense. Well, other people have tried to explain that to me. It just didn't click. Yeah, well, me too, man. I think, I think that's the point. You know, I, at, at one level, it's got to be true that, you know, when the student's ready, the teacher appears. It's certainly been that way for my life. My dad tried to tell me a lot of this when I was <laughs> young, and I didn't, I didn't hear it, you know? You know, I, I've, well, I've readily admitted to you that this podcast is pretty much, I mean, let me just, let me just tell it like it is, man. You know, I could be a selfish bastard a lot of times, and this <laughs> podcast uh, is... A lot of it's done for selfish reasons. I get to meet cool and interesting people like you, and then I get my questions asked, and I learn great information that helps me in my business and my life. And what's nice about me being a selfish bastard and interested in <laughs> in getting you on here to solve my problems is other people get to eavesdrop. So they get this valuable information, and they get to solve their problems too. But... Um, since this has been a problem for me and I've been learning how to overcome it and it, it, based on my experience and, and now that I hear you talk, it's your experience too. This, this, this set point thing has got to be 
probably, if not the number one thing people could do to change their lives and their businesses and incomes, it's got to be one of the top three at least. Have you got a quick tip? I mean, I, you certainly don't have enough time. It would, God, it would take, you know, who knows how much time to, to, to start solving this problem. But have you got a quick tip that people could start implementing to at least help them get on the right track or, or, or you yeah. know, anything that you could help people out with dealing with this set point problem? Yeah, I'll come at it a little bit uh, in a in a bit of a, uh, in in a different way. Uh, um, one that interests me a lot. Um, for, so first of all, uh, what you don't know, you can't change. So the first step is, you know, like was written above the temple at Delphi: "Man, know thyself." So let's reframe that for what we want to do and say: Know your set points. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are they? So what we just went through, step one is write them down. What is your basic money that if you have that, you feel pretty much okay because you're probably within 10 or 20% plus or minus of that number. What is your savings set point? What is your your uh, debt set point? Okay, mm-hmm. what, because that's probably being maintained. So once you've got that, okay, the next thing you want to do is you want to realize and accept why you've got it. And you've got it because you're programmed that that's the way it should be. Now, I don't mean programmed in a bad sense, necessarily, especially if you like what you got. <laughs> but if you don't like what you have, then you have to say to yourself, why do I have it? Well, it's because you've accepted that this is the norm for you that's true. Look at the, the Wall Street Journal letter. You know, you're, you're, I know you're a copywriter. You're real familiar with this, right? Oh, yeah. So, the, okay. the old two guys, right? That's right. Uh-huh. That's right. So they weren't really any different. Why did one guy get to be the president and one guy is some low-level manager? I mean, their opportunity should have been the same. They started at the same time. They had the same education. Why did one guy make it? What was inherently different? Well, that letter would want you to believe that it is the Wall Street Journal. I will tell you that, you know, in other, in other words, they want you to believe that reading the Wall Street Journal gave him, gave him information that made him able to be the president. I'll tell you that I believe the guy that became the president had vastly different set points than the guy who was a low-level manager. Mm-hmm. So what can we do to increase the set points that we want and decrease those that we don't want? Well, the first thing is we need to look at why don't we already have it? If it's just a matter of a set point, why why aren't we already there? And I'm going to tell you, in my opinion, the number one thing that defeats us as humans, that causes us to have problems. And it's not going to be something you expect. All right? You ready? I, I've learned I've learned to uh, hear the unexpected things coming out of your mouth, Kendrick, <laughs> so I'm ready. <laughs> it's lying. Uh, you're right. I wouldn't have expected that one. Tell tell me more. All right. So look, so we have what we have. We connect it to our set points and we realize we have this light bulb moment, like you were saying, and we realize that, oh my God, yes, I do have this kind of set point thing. I, unless someone had told me I wouldn't have seen it. Why didn't someone teach this to me when I was younger? But okay, why don't I have a bigger set point? Well, I guess I got comfortable. I got into a rut, you know. All right. Well, I'm not comfortable now. I'm 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 pissed. 
now that I hear this, I don't want this rut and I don't want this set point. I'm going to change my life. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to get ahead. I'm going to strategize better. I'm going to learn these things that Kenrick and Dan are talking about. And I'm going to, I'm going to change my life. Uh, but, you know, I'll do it after I watch The Voice because it's so close to being done and I can't miss that. So I got to watch that. And then, you know, and then, you know, a month later, two months later, we're still in the same spot. So what happened? Well, you told yourself you're going to change, but yourself didn't believe you. Man, have you been like in my living room or something? <laughs> <laughs> I've been in mine, dude. And I'll tell you what, it's probably just like yours. So, you know, it's like we tell ourselves this stuff, but our unconscious, we've trained it to, to ignore us. It no longer finds us credible. So in my search for understanding on this, I dug really deep, Dan, and I, and I began to realize why don't why can't we get ourselves to take action? Why don't we believe in ourselves? What's going on? And it dawned on me that it largely has to do with how we communicate to the world. So if, if I say to you, Dan, I'm going to talk with you today at, you know, at whatever time, but then I don't, well, my unconscious over a period of years realizes, oh, you know, Kenrick says he's going to talk with the whole world and he doesn't. So, you know, I mean, so we're just going to give him shit to do. I mean, and if, and if he's too busy to talk, well, who cares? Because he doesn't care. If he cared, he'd do it. But he doesn't care. So I'm going to give him, you know, a, a marriage problem to deal with. I'm going to give him a problem with his kid's school to go and deal with. I'm going to give him a problem with, you know, fucking aspect of the government to go and deal with. I don't know, man. I'm just going to give him shit to occupy his time because the guy needs to feel busy. He needs to feel like he's solving the problems of the world. So I'm going to give them to him. Wow. See, and, and, and we run ourselves in circles. We go to bed at night and we say to ourselves, my God, I had a busy day. I've been running myself ragged. But we go to bed pissed too. And I didn't accomplish anything today that moves me forward. Yeah, because you're a bloody liar. Not you personally, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, your, that's right. Your unconscious doesn't believe that you're going to go get ahead. So there's an equally simple way to start to change this. It has to do with starting to write out what you really do want. And then teaching yourself again that you matter. And it's a really simple process. It's And again, it's not something you'd probably expect. But it, it, the first step is just eliminate lying. Mm -hmm. And I mean every color of lie. White lie, pink lies, red lies, blue lies, uh, little lies, big lies. Just don't lie. So, for example, you know, you get to the appointment that you're heading to today to sell somebody and you're 15 minutes late because you were an ass and slept in. You don't say, oh, I'm really sorry, I'm late. You know, traffic was so heavy and, you know, and, and oh, my God, you know how it is here. And anyway, you know, glad we're together. Neither do you have to go in and say, you know, I was just an ass today and I slept in because I really didn't give a shit about this appointment. <laughs> you, you don't have to do that either. But you don't lie. Whatever you do, you don't lie. Hey, I'm sorry that, uh, that I'm late. How are you today? I, I don't make an excuse. I don't have to lie. Man, you want to hear excuses. You got to you got to check out Latin America someday. <laughs> oh my god, they write the book on it. <laughs> so, yeah, man, I mean like like hey, I love Latin America. I'm not I'm not putting them down. I'm just saying, you know, they have an excuse for everything and they expect you to buy it. 
And if they don't, they have a worse excuse until finally they'll break into tears for you if you, if, if you still aren't buying it. But, you, you know, I mean, the bottom line is, is that, you know, if, if you become relevant to you, you become a force in your world and everybody finds you credible. Listen, one of the most important things we can become, Dan, is an authority. And within that authority is, is what I like to refer to as being the prize. I am the prize. I am the authority. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that to be true. And as long as I am congruent with that, you'll find it to be true. And everybody listening to me will find it to be true. They'll do the same for you. But if I'm not the authority, if I'm not the expert, if I'm not the prize, then well, Dan, can you give me that work a little bit cheaper? I mean, you know, $15,000 is just too much, Dan. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's an arm and a leg. I mean, I, I, I pay my writers uh, 3000 bucks for, you know, for a sales letter. Uh, I've heard that more times than I can think right. about. You're not the authority and you're not the prize. If you're hearing that, the framing has been wrong. Okay, why does the framing go wrong? Well, to start with, you got to believe you're worth the 15,000. And and I say you collectively. I mean, you know, who's ever listening? I know you you believe that. But I mean, you know, so it's like you got to believe that. But if you can't even get yourself to tell the truth and your unconscious mind believes that you are not worthy of what you're saying you want, then why on earth is it going to make you credible enough to get $15,000 for a letter? Mm-hmm. So attacking it at the real root, I think, is the answer. So there's a, a strategy I'll, I'll share with you that absolutely changed my life. And, okay, so we got to break this vicious cycle, this vicious circle, right? we got to interrupt it somehow. How are we going to do that? Well, it's really easy. Pick a very simple, menial task and commit to doing it at a very specific time. So let's say that right now it is you know, 15 minutes to two. And I say to myself, okay, at two o'clock exactly, I will walk out my door and I will check my mail. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's what I'm going to do. Now, at two o'clock, you walk out the doggone door and you check your mail. But you know what? You're going to find that at two o'clock, you probably forget that you said you were going to do it because that's 15 minutes ago. And so you get on a phone call or, you, you know, you're doing some writing, you're doing something else, and you blow by that two o'clock time. And you've just convinced your unconscious, again, like always, that you're not worthy of being listened to. You don't have credibility with yourself. So what you do is you set an alarm. You, set, you make sure that at two o'clock you're going to follow through. The alarm goes off. You get your butt out of the chair. You walk out to check your mail. You come back in. That's it. Now... Do that every day. And if you can, if you're really bent on fixing these issues fast, find four or five things like that a day you're going to do. It doesn't matter. It could be at 2.30, I'm going to go get a, a glass of water. But it has to be a specific action at a specific time. And any waffling is a fail. So you do that. Now, as you get good at it and you can start doing it, now extend the time frame. It's 8 a.m., and I'm going to go check my mail at 2. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I better look at my calendar first to make sure I can. But, yes, it looks like I'll be home, so I'm going to do it. Well, you know what will happen for a lot of us is at 1 o'clock we'll have to go run an errand. And we will not be back at 2. Funny how that works. 
But when you start demanding and insisting of yourself that you do follow through on everything you said, you don't make a commitment unless you can keep it. And you start with something simplistic and small like this, all of a sudden you will become relevant to yourself. You will watch your life transform right in front of you. There's more to it than that. It's not enough to just eliminate the negative. You also have to accentuate the positive, right? We have to, we have, to have a plan. How are we going to get there? What are we going to do? How do we imagine that happening? And as we implement all of that, then we start to see our life metamorphosis. And no, I'm not just talking about something like the secret. I mean, the secret is that there's not too much in the way of secrets. And if you sit on your ass all day long, you're not going to get anything. <laughs> so the secret is called you know, the secret of doing. But we don't do haphazardly. And if you don't know where you're going, you won't know when you arrive. So we have to have a plan, but we have to follow it with action. So I'm not just talking about, you know, the secret stuff because that's bullshit. You know, but I'm, what I'm talking about is first and foremost, I mean, imagine we're going to attract our millions while we do absolutely nothing and lie about everything we do. Our unconscious doesn't find us worthy and therefore can't attract shit. And that is the problem the underlying problem with all of that too. See? So, <laughs> uh, all right. Well, uh, that, 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 that's a strategy. And, and you know, people may, may, may have a tendency to, to really not stop and take this really seriously because it is the core. The minute we can become relevant to ourselves, we can become relevant to others. I cannot be relevant to you, Dan, if I don't find myself relevant. You will not find me relevant. You know, well, I hope people are taking this seriously because this is the breakthrough stuff. Everybody, not everybody, a lot of people, especially online marketers, think that the breakthrough stuff is some new software, some new media, some new technique, some new funnel, whatever, whatever, whatever. Listen, man, you can have all that stuff right, but if everything else is wrong that you just described, for whatever reason, it just doesn't come together. And as you were, you're the only person who's put that, all that information together in a logical order that makes sense. But I had this shiver go up my spine because you articulated something that I've known for years, but I've been deluding myself about for years too. Everything matters. Me telling myself I'm going to exercise three times a week and fudging here and there, I delude myself and at no biggie, I'll make it up. I'm not talking about just, you know, my health and fitness. That affects everything else in my life. My relationship with my wife, my business, everything. And a lot of people, myself included, we don't want to hear that. I mean, you've just now held my feet to the fire, which is very uncomfortable but this is this is where the breakthroughs come from. I, I mean, I'm not putting down. It's great learning copywriting, you know, learning how to sell, learning how to build an online business. That stuff is all great when combined with with what you just taught us. That's when the magic happens. And you know, there's the other side, like you're talking about, Dan. You know, but the other side of all the strategies and and 
I, you know, I, I, I could talk with you on, on the other side of all these strategies for the next year and not repeat myself. For the next um, lifetime, more like it. Yeah. But, you know, it's this stuff we're really talking about. You know, I'm so passionate about, about this too, because it doesn't matter. I, I can tell you so many people that I've trained and they're, and they can get really good with the other side of it. But when they don't believe in themselves, they'll have a momentary gain and then a loss and another momentary gain and a loss. And they keep going through that. And then these people come to me and say, Kendrick, how do I stop that? How do I, how do I just get ahead? Ah, okay. So it's, it's not just the sneaky little things that you're learning to do. The, the quick lift that will help all of a sudden boost your response. It is the package. It, the context is everything. And so within that, you know, if we start what where it really matters and we start working on that, yeah, let me give you one little trick I have found and I'm working on this. Man, I, you know, listen, uh, I'm sharing this with you as a friend. Uh, I mean, it, it, not, not saying that I have mastered. I, I don't consider myself a master. I consider myself mastering. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just a light, lifelong thing for me. Uh, you know, but I'll share you just, just one thing. The ability to say no will make you feel a lot better. You're talking about, you know, exercising and, and, and telling yourself you're going to do it three times a week. Listen, man, what will you really do? If you'll do it once, then say, I'm going to do it once. And that way you become relevant again. And then if you say, I'll do it once and next week, I'm going to do it twice. Well, do it twice, even if it's only for a few minutes so that you complied with your own word. You know, you, now you, this is getting almost creepy now. I, I'll share something with you real quick, but excuse yeah. me for interrupting. I just No, 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 you're not. Go. I'm like <laughs> a kid, you know, just came home from school, got news for his parents, and I can't wait to tell you. Um, this is really weird that what you just said about saying no. God, man, talk about a perfect example. When the student is ready, the teacher appears. This has been a consistent problem in my life since a child. Um, nice guy syndrome. Not saying no, because I want to please people. Well, I've been working on that. So I've been, I just finished a book called Essentialism. Can't remember the author's name. So we can sum up the whole message of his book. Figure out what's essential in your life to you. Say no to everything else. And I just had a phone call with a, with a coach I'm working with. <laughs> Guess what he's working with me on? Saying no. <laughs> right. And there now you, you said, uh, one day later, after those two things, you said the same thing. It's, this is, get out of my head, man. Are you reading my mind or something? <laughs> you got a bug in my house? <laughs> you, you know, I'll tell you, though, it, 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 it is so important. And, you know, I, I, I think it, 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 the time is now for you and me and for everyone listening. The time is now. How much more are we going to screw around with our lives and not get ahead? All right. Hey, you're comfortable on the couch? Stay on the fucking couch. Okay, excuse my language, but you know, it, seriously, you don't, have to, you don't have to worry about language on, on my calls. My my <laughs> people are used to that. <laughs> well, but I mean, seriously, you know, if that's what you want, then then stay there. What do you you know? Hang up and turn the TV on. You know, seriously. I mean, like like, but if it's time, if now is the time, and if you're the guy, and if this is the moment, then this is how. I mean, it, you know, it really just comes down to that. And you know what? There's not enough time in the day. Uh, you know, I, I, I have discussions with my wife all the time. Um, 
you know, there are so many people, agencies, groups, governments in this world that want to take from one group and give to another. And I don't, I don't, I don't buy that. And what I do buy is <clears throat> I have to be a good person. And who do I need to give to first? Well, me, my wife, and my daughter. And who do I want to give to second? My family, mm -hmm. you know? So we've got grandparents and we've got, you know, other people that could use our help. And we do help them. But I'll be doggone if I, I'm going to have to then help the whole world. I can't afford to help everybody, but I can afford to help myself. And so we start where we have to. Now, if I can get enough money, you know, to equal Bill Gates, I'm sure I can equal his foundation. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I, I mean, I don't need to get that big in life. I don't need to, to go that far. But, you know, whatever your dream is, if your dream is to have a giant foundation and help millions of people, okay. My dream isn't that, you know, but I still feel absolutely compelled to be able to help myself. And I start there, and then I, I work out as far as I can get. So if today's the day, if now is the time, if your medium, Dan, of this call is, is, you know, is, is being received by people with an open mind and, and ears that want to hear, then these are the simple things we can start with. You know, if you're too busy running in circles chasing your tail – uh, you're you're not going to get ahead. If you go to bed at night frustrated that you had your to-do list full and you got a bunch of it checked off, but you still did nothing of importance, then when is now a good time to realize the truth of this conversation and begin to put it into, into place in your life? And these are some of the most fundamental foundational things. Yeah, we. I'd love to have conversations with you about the sexy side of this too. I don't know why we got on this side. I guess it's because I'm so passionate about it and you are too. Uh, you know, and, and, and I, I, I look to what's not working because if there's anything big in, in my life that is stopping me from getting ahead, then I got to get rid of that. You know, it doesn't do any good to put band-aids on and learn a bunch of, a bunch of flashy stuff. If you're going to turn right around and, and nix it, That's uh, you right. know, so I, I'd rather deal with the stuff that maybe isn't so flashy and, and, and start fixing things and then start studying the other stuff. And I'd love to have some conversations with you down the road about some of the flashy stuff. I mean, love to talk to you about the role of criteria, uh, both in writing and in, and in every other way. And 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 I think we'd have a lot of fun pulling that stuff apart. Some of the language stuff. I mean, it'd be, it'd be a lot of fun to to go on the other side of it too. But uh, you know, to me, what we're talking about this is the sexy stuff, man. This Same is here. the stuff that makes a difference. It's the stuff that will take us from you know average to amazing. In, in one fell swoop. You know, um, I hope you'll come back. I, You've got another appointment. I've got another appointment. But I hope you'll come back. I mean, I really hope people grasp the value of this. It's, you know, if you got this big-ass tree with a huge trunk to chop down, without this, it's like your axe is so dull, it couldn't you know, cut through butter, but you just take your ax and go out and start whacking on the tree. You know, better you spend several hours sharpening that ax. I'm speaking from experience because I've whacked at the tree for nine straight years with that dull ax and didn't get anywhere. I think that's called human experience. I think, <laughs> I think we all share that, that whacking at the tree feeling. Well, man, I really appreciate this. 
I've got some good news for you before I let you go. What's that? Um, well, first of all, I already have um, the your Max Persuasion course, but uh-huh. while we've been talking, I I was reminded of something I saw on your site the other day that I wanted. So, so uh, you've got money waiting for you. I just purchased another course, um, <laughs> and you know I value. I don't. I'm not an affiliate. And it shouldn't matter if I am anyway. It doesn't matter. But I, I, I endorse what you teach so much. Would you please give out uh, a, a web address where people could go to to get more information? Or really what they need to do is just purchase a course. And which one should they start with? You know, I think, I think the one to start with uh, is called Keys to Yes. And uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's a, an inexpensive uh, course that that starts you on, uh, and it doesn't get into the things we've talked about. That it's actually you know more on what what do you do? You know what do you do to to, to get ahead? It's a little bit on the flashy side, I guess we should say. <laughs> um, you know, if you want to get into what we're talking about today, the course Millionaire Mind would be the place to go. But I think Keys to Yes is the place to start for okay. most everybody. And uh, the the website is maxpersuasion.com. M A X and then followed by the word persuasion, P-E-R-S-U-A-S-I-O-N.com. And listen, uh, Dan, you know, uh, I, I value you, and I know, that, I know the kind of people that would be on, on you know, that, that work with you. And, uh, you know, I think even if they came to the site, uh, get on our, our, our mailing list, and they'll start to see the kinds of things that we're doing, um, they'll, they'll realize pretty quickly if this is right, is right for them. And, you know, um, I, 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 I just, I'd love to build the, the relationship with them as well. And, and, and I, I think it'll, it'll be something that'll be obvious as, you know, as they get involved. I'm, I'm looking at my account now. I've got max persuasion. Like I told you, I just bar, I just bought the dark side two. I, I do have the millionaire mindset course. Uh-huh. Um, I, you know, I need to dig into those again. I, I really, I'm the, one of those guys. I don't absorb things the first time through. I have to go through courses or books multiple times before it really becomes a part of me. So, um, anyway, I just finished a gig that was a long gig. So I'm taking a few days to relax. I think this is going to be my, uh, consume the rest of my afternoon. You know, I, I, I I, I I do the same thing with my own courses, Dan. I listen to them repeatedly. <laughs> oh, that's that's cool. I really do. I mean, uh, the stuff is it's so good. The the more you listen to it, the more you get from it. I do the same thing. I go back and review it, and then I I you know work to make it better. And I mean, it's a non, it's a nonstop process for me. Uh, I love the material so much. But but hey, thank you. Um, it's, it's been uh, really fun to talk with you and I, I look forward to, to us doing this again. Seriously. I mean, uh, th- this is, I, I, for me, it's the same thing. It, it is for you. I get a chance to talk to people that are wonderful. Maybe, maybe we'll reverse roles and, and you can come in and, and do an interview with us sometime. Oh man, it'd, it'd be my pleasure. And seriously, man, I hope, uh, I hope you'll take me up on coming back. Oh, of course I will. Love oh, to. Thank you. Hey, Kenrick. Thanks. Thanks again. Thanks for Thanks for being on the show. Great stuff, man. My pleasure. Life-changing stuff. Great. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. 
Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Doberman Dan Show for Renegade Entrepreneurs. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review on iTunes. And also make sure to head over to DobermanDan.com and subscribe to all the free tools, tactics, and secrets to help build your business quickly so you can experience the Renegade Entrepreneur lifestyle. Stay tuned for upcoming episodes where our guests reveal their best secrets for financial independence and living a completely free lifestyle.